published. My name is Amy. I'm James. And today we're going to talk about comparison and what an issue this is for creatives and artists um, when it comes to looking at your work, looking at other people's work and, and feeling inadequate in comparison to others. Is this some, um, do you think comparison is the same thing as jealousy? I was thinking about this before we recorded and there's definitely elements that are very similar. I feel like jealousy is more hot, like, oh, I hate that person because they're successful. Yeah, I feel like we can or, definitely touch on je- jealousy. I think obviously that's a part of the problem when it comes to comparing, but I think artists get addicted to comparing their work mm. and trying to line themselves up in the world of creative things to understand where they're at, which I understand why we do that, right? We want to know like, oh, how good am I? Like, how is mine going to connect? Like, theirs is going to connect. So we try and, and kind of place ourselves amongst other creations to get like a feeling of where we're at. Yeah, and obviously I think it comes hand in hand with maybe ambition or... Yeah. Uh, and that's why I think we were saying earlier, and I, when we were chatting that comparison is um, comes from stagnancy often. Yeah. So we were talking about this. We were talking about how our experience with comparison and what it, what it is to us. And we were saying that we've, we feel that comparison is the most potent when we're stagnant, when we're not creating, when you're looking outside at a world of artists making the art and you have nothing to focus on yourself creatively. And I, I think that's really important to, to notice. If you are someone who compares all the time and you're not making anything, like that's super painful because you're not even in the process of creating. You're not even in the process of making what it is that you want to make. Uh, you're stagnant, and that's very painful. And um, also when you we were talking, you were saying that you haven't felt comparison as badly lately. Do you think that's because you are moving constantly? Yeah, I think, I mean, obviously through the last few years of journaling, I've done a lot of work on myself and I think my overall emotional and spiritual health is so much better. So that comparison, jealousy, I just have not experienced it as much. Um, but I still obviously feel um, that I feel like a instant hit of oh well look at what they're doing it's very similar to what i'm doing am i better am i worse like i get i do get it every now and again like a little zap of jealousy yeah um but i rein it under control pretty quickly do you does it require a journaling session or is it just something that you feel like you're mentally on top of i feel on top of it now um the things that I choose to focus on is I've always thought of jealousy as a roadmap. So we, I know that if I feel envy towards someone, if I'm comparing my work towards someone, that there's something to learn from that. Oh, what are they doing? Is that something that I want? Like it teaches you what you want, you know? Or is it a story that you've been telling yourself? Like, you know, oh, are they doing something more traditional and I'm, and I'm feeling resentment because I've gone a different path. Like it's teaching you that moment of envy and that moment of jealousy. So, um, I've always seen it as like guidance and also I come back home to what am I doing like because I'm creating so much I think as we said like I'm not stagnant anymore I'm creating so so many beautiful things that I'm really proud of um, and I just come back home to okay but let's focus on what I'm doing like that's really cool they're out there doing their thing like amazing let's come back home to what I'm doing because I know it's different to everybody else I know it can't look anything like hers and so I think sitting in that truth as well, knowing that how unique I am and how unique they are, I think I really, really, truly believe in the uniqueness of every person's creativity, which just means that comparison is such a funny thing to experience or to partake in. Yeah, I think a big one you often see is, oh, thing, thing, such and such already achieved such and such by X age. Yeah. That one always um, 
really bothered me for some reason. Like, not that I'm above comparison myself, and not that I'm above jealousy myself, but that particular one I always felt annoyed by because I was like, who cares what eight? Like, they might die when they're thirty, though. Like, you know, they could. You might have so much more time than them. Like, it's so irrelevant. Or, you know, why would you compare yourself to Mozart or something mm. when he was in a completely different situation to you? Like, yeah, do you even want to be Mozart? Like, yeah. Yeah, age is an interesting one and one that I actually do get caught up in a lot. Yeah. You, you know I hate it when I when I find out that someone who's done incredible things and is super abundant and creative is younger than me and I'm like, fuck. Yeah. I always get that initial reaction. It's a real story that we get told, I think, that mm. like um, the younger you are when you achieve something, the better you are at it. Especially because the less mainstream your path is, the less likely it is that you'll have achieved a lot at a younger age. Like. I feel so because you know if you say if you were a banker like by 25 maybe you could have a job at a real at a top bank or something mm. like and then you'd feel like you were on the path yeah and that there wasn't really not much further ahead you could be but if if I feel like the way that we did it we kind of had to fumble around a little bit yeah you know, we had to find our way if you're an innovator if you're doing something truly new I guess it takes time yeah and even then like I still feel like we're fucking young. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, and if it had taken us another five years or 10 years of searching, like, then it, that's just what it would have taken. Mm. Yeah, coming back again to that trusting of the journey that mm. I feel like I've been working on so much throughout of so much of my journey. I always come back to, fuck, I just need to let go have fu- and just have faith yeah. and just trust that this is happening exactly as it's meant to happen. And again, that's probably something I come back to when I feel that jealousy, feel that comparison again you know you hear it all the time but they're on your, their path and it's happening as it should for them but you're also on your path and it's all unfolding as it should for you if you're creating if you're showing up vulnerably if you're being generous with your art you are on the path and i think the fact that i know that i'm on the path because i'm always sharing vulnerably and i'm always being generous with my art just brings me home into a feeling of safety because i know i'm doing everything i can and i think perhaps when you get that flare of comparison or if you're someone who really struggles with comparison perhaps it's a sign that do you know or can you understand that you're doing everything you can or do you think there's something more that you could be giving? What is it trying to teach you? Yeah, it's so important to be process-driven and I really feel like I can fall back on my process when I see someone who maybe I admire or look up to and I want to be like them. Like then it's it's, it's not uh, I'm not as good as them, it's I'm not as good as them yet. Yeah, so we just like, before we started, we were talking about how you're reading the new Brandon Sanderson book. Do you want to talk about that? Yeah, for sure. Like, I love to read, um, you know, science fiction and fantasy books. And I love to write science fiction and fantasy. So obviously you're going to, if you consume the art that you want to create, you're going to encounter people who are really accomplished at it. Mm. And I love Brandon Sanderson's books. I think he writes so clearly. He writes like, there's very little wank to what how he writes, which I really admire. It's so sort of um, just neat and clean. And I was reading a scene where his characters have to kind of like fly around in the air. And in my science fiction novel, like it's the sort of science fiction version of this fantasy people have to fly around as in the novels aren't similar, but in my novel, there are also flying people. And I was yeah. like thinking about how much more clearly Brandon Sanderson can write a flying scene. And I was yeah. like, that's so cool. But then I was like, what can I learn from this? Mm. Mm. Um, yeah. yeah and, what, and how can I, rather than being like, fuck, I wish I was Brandon Sanderson, just be like, no, I, I'm just going to, when I go to my flying scene today, I'm just going to try and approach it more like Brandon Sanderson. Yeah. Again, that's coming back to the craft and the process. Like, how can you learn rather than like, oh, he's better than me, which make, somehow makes me less than. Mm. Yeah. 
And also, we, I think that, like, you know, it's hard on our egos when we're learning. And we're always learning, you know. You, you're not at the stage that Brandon Sanderson is because Brandon Sanderson has, what, written... Like 40 books or something. Like, yeah. Of course, he's better than me. Yeah. It's okay. It's natural. I think to get to a place where you are okay that people are better than you is just so magical. Hmm. And also to understand that that doesn't make you less than. And it also doesn't mean that you can't connect in the same way that they connect. It's not... Hmm it's not a necessarily bad thing. Like they're just, they've had more time with the craft mm. and you'll get there too if you keep committing. Yeah. But your doesn't mean your work can't connect right now. It doesn't mean that you can't impact people with your art right now. It just means that, you know, you're not as far along on your journey and that it's the potential for your growth is, is so massive and it's actually incredibly exciting, but we require patience and allowing ourselves to be where we are at. I think uh, sometimes comparison just brings up that, fuck, I just don't want to be where I'm at right now. Mm. And that can be really hard if we're learning a craft, we're starting somewhere at the beginning and we're not where we want to be. But the only way to get where we want to be is to keep being process-driven and, and to keep just showing up vulnerably and generously. Um, I guess, again, that's another thing that comparison can teach you. I just think why I actually am more, probably more prone to comparison for people whose lives I actually don't want to, I don't want, like, when I look at friends and doing more traditional stuff, like oh, I feel like I compare myself to them more. I'm like, oh, what would I, my life look like to them, and what would my life look like to other people compared to them at a party or something? Like my life would seem crazy, and I start comparing myself to them. And yeah, that's interesting. Um, even though I don't even freaking want their life. Yeah. So it's like, why? Why am I doing? I think it's just like, it's. I think maybe because I'm not taking any steps in that direction. So. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I'm like that too. I mean, I had so many issues um, comparing my creative life or how much I was trying to make a creative life to muggles and people who were doing traditional things. And I think that was because of the stories that I was buying into because I believed that my creative path was less than theirs. And I couldn't stop seeing myself through their eyes. I couldn't stop projecting. I couldn't stop making up the idea that, you know, they thought little of me because I was... a trying to do something creative and I thought that they thought that I was stupid and in that kind of comparison not artist with artists but artists with muggle is interesting mm. and something we have to get we have to figure those stories out because they'll they're so dangerous and I partook in them for so long and they were so bad for my mental health yeah and you have to think about so much of the comparison you're making is comparison based on traditional societal norms like I feel like you're more likely to compare yourself to a traditionally published writer than you are to a self-published writer, even though a self-published writer might be making more money, might be connecting with more people, like might be have more freedom in their life, and that might be more desirable to you. But like, it's so visible to compare yourself to, you know, the hottest newest writer mm. who's just made their big break, and like everyone's and all the traditional media's like, oh, this person's amazing, and like even though maybe they're not even living, the, like you maybe don't want to go down their path at all. Yeah, that reminds me of. A time where I felt really acutely jealous and I had to write about it through through my journal maybe a few years ago uh, about an author who had a big publishing deal um, and I just felt angry because I felt like my creative work was as good as hers and it was just a luck of the draw that she got these book deals and I didn't and that often happens with so many artists um, we feel that that opportunity that was deserved to be ours was taken from us, especially if we go down traditional routes where things like, you know, just luck comes into play mm. and where the opportunity is taken from us because of luck. Yeah. And it just makes you so righteously fucking angry. And I don't think it's a bad thing to feel that anger because it's such a frustrating process. But again, like it didn't serve me to hold on to that anger for a very long time. And, and again, like I don't even, 
I the route that I took because I didn't have a publishing contract the route that I have gone down has been my route and I had to take this journey and it's been you know really magical and abundant in ways that I could never truly understand and again it's like it's so full of cliches but you know when one door closes and that door opens and just trusting coming back to surrender and trust all the time I mean just thinking about how much I feel like how bad it would be almost for you to have a contract with Penguin or like yeah. if that was if that was all you had like I'm not saying like in the future maybe you will I see you as a hybrid author going forward, like mm. you do yourself pub and maybe down the line also have traditional contracts. But I think that having that ability to be like, well, I'm actually my own publisher. Yeah. So I have, so you have so much power and you would have so much more power in the relationship now. Whereas if you'd started off as a traditionally yeah. published author, it's like, that, that, that would be so much more constraining. Yeah. I mean, and freedom is so important to, to Freedom you. is so important to me. Um, and absolutely no shade on this author. It was all my all of my baggage but she is still having to work part-time with her publishing deal whereas you know now we get to fuel our lives fully from our creativity because i never got that publishing deal yeah and because i and you know because just, we had to go a different way yeah and i think often when you see someone and you're jealous of them it's like maybe maybe their life isn't as amazing as you oh, think I'm it is always like, they're just they're just regular people like they just got the same like they've got stress just like you they've got problems mm. just like you like this that one thing that happened to them that you think would solve all of your problems didn't solve their problems mm. and it's not going to make you happy in the end no. and just like really trying to come to grips with that like realizing that that big thing that you really want that you're jealous of that other person having is actually not what it's cracked up to be yeah and don't not that you can't be like excited if something good happens to you it's just like not thinking that these big events are going to be transformative. Yeah. I think as creatives, you know, we are often inclined to be highly romanticizing. Of, we are inclined to romanticize things and we're very imaginative and we often, you know, are big dreamers. And so this is heightened a lot for us, I think. And the reason why artists comparing one, one and another to each other, like, I think we're renowned for that because of who we are as like a people, very imaginative, uh, very desirous. But we do have to come back to realizing that how it doesn't matter how much we romanticize the idea of of you know getting a record label like what's the reality of that mm. and really coming home to the reality of it yeah yeah which is a big job totally and you know what's the reality of you going self-pub and being really successful as well it's like the reality is you're still going to be stressed about your own like you're still going to find like, there's still going to be things just that aren't 100% satisfying about that too like every, yeah. any reality any eventu- anything that eventuates isn't going to make you 100% like satisfied in just from that one event like it's going to yeah. be um, it's all going to be about the inner work anyway yeah I think I want to circle back a little bit to come back to comparison of like actual craft because I get a lot of artists who are like I'm trying to you know draw paint photo- photograph and I compare it to other people and I'm just so feel so defeated because I just don't create art in their opinion that looks or is as good as other people's and like how do we deal with that feeling of just feeling so small and insignificant in comparison to others well I think you know we've spoken about it before we're really poor judges of how of the quality of our own work yeah and often you know even other people even people in your writing group or something or if you show it to someone like they might be a shit judge as well like and it's really you know some people are really bad at giving feedback so if you've got if you if you think that because you've had bad feedback in the past like people some people just really freaking love to shit on stuff oh my god i mean if you've listened to the whole season like i i have real issues with getting feedback from people not what, what happened best to explain it 
I have issues with like, for example, uh, writing groups that are solely there for feedback because we just aren't that good at giving feedback unless you're a professional. Most of us are kind of shit at it and it can really break people. Mm. Yeah, and you think they're being, they think they're being helpful and when they're shitting on like a first draft. Yeah. And it's like the first draft, man. Yeah, um, but I like that that you said you know we're very poor judges of our own work, maybe mm. the worst, yeah. and we have to keep coming back to the fact that we are not the best judges of our own work, and that the only way we can really see if it connects is by releasing it to the world by trying to access people. And yes, I acknowledge that's really really difficult. It's difficult to find your crowd, and it's not going to happen overnight. Um, but we have to give it over to others, to a, a you know a large population or a larger population than just you. And also I think you have to really believe like that I, even if, okay, even if you say I'm not good, which is probably a lie, just at least just change that internal language to I'm not good yet. Yeah. I'm not good yet. And that, that way at least you give your, your, your you recognize that you can improve and you will improve. Mm-hmm. And even if you, um, a lot of people who are really good will be thinking I'm not good. So that just gives even it gives I mean it just gives everyone a way to be like it's okay where I'm at now yeah because I will get better. Do you think social media? I mean, I think this answer is obvious. Social media obviously enhances this culture of comparison, mm. where you can literally see who's got more followers, who's getting more likes, and it's very tangible success that you can compare yourself to other people. I mean, a hundred percent because almost all of them are bullshitting you. Yeah, like. I feel like we're all, we always try to be really upfront with the fact that it, we're not like drowning in money from this. Like it's not, yeah. it's not easy every day. Like it's not, and I think a lot of people don't do that. Like a lot of the stuff you're seeing is filtered so heavily. Mm. Yeah. People want to look more successful than they are. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And like the bottom line is maybe some of them are, but most of them are probably just trying to project. Yeah. Yeah. And I was also just thinking, I randomly had this thought yesterday. Um, the post that I shared yesterday was about rest. And so many people commented on it and I felt so heard and so seen. And I thought, you know, fuck, if I posted this on my other like random account that I have, like nobody would have said anything. And it was just because I built, I got so much, you know, beautiful reaction and I got to connect with so many people because I have a platform that I've built over eight years. I've had a lot of luck with it and it's grown to a size of, you know, whatever, thousands of creatives but if i'd just posted it on another account like it's the same content but nobody would have said shit nobody would have connected with it nobody would have liked it because i just don't have that reach and it just made me think about how this is the same art but the response would have been so different Mm. and just reminding ourselves that if you don't have a massive platform yet or if you don't want a massive platform that it doesn't really say anything about your art Mm. if you don't get a huge you know amount of likes or a huge amount of interaction for sure i think people go oh I mean, look at my, my blog gets like no one. Yeah. No but I just totally disconnect from that. Like, I don't care. Mm. And I'm not saying that that's like something you can just switch on and off. Obviously, that's not something you can just switch on and off. But it's just like going into, I go into creating that blog with the intention that it's for me. Mm. I'm writing that blog to clarify my own thoughts and to, I'm writing, and I'm trying to be interesting to myself. Yeah. And that's totally fine. Yeah. I mean, I think so many of us, uh, unlike you, you have a very uh, intellectually driven creative process. I'm a five, so that's why. He's an Enneagram five, which means he is always uh, in search to please his curiosity, which means he's always looking to please his intellect. Whereas a lot of creatives are often like 
four Enneagram or three and threes are the achievers mm. and threes have to have the external feedback to feel good. And so if you feel like you're someone who is creating, create, creating and not getting that external feedback and therefore comparing yourself and therefore feeling jealous of others who are and therefore feeling less than i just want to i guess just take a moment to say we really need to do work on that because it's only going to get in your way and it's only going to stop you from where you're going and we cannot have only external feedback um fueling our creative journey it will burn you out it will burn you out i mean and obviously there are huge downsides to my personality type as well because for example once I finished my first novel, I just like, that was it. It satisfied me in such a curiosity. I have almost no interest in sending it to publishers. Like I just can't make myself interested in that because I don't know, because I've already satisfied the intellectual exercise. Like, yeah. And I've satisfied myself, which is my big downfall. Like I, I'm, I, if I'm not careful, I'll just stagnate because I'm not going to show my art to anyone. Yeah. Or like, I'm just, it's enough for me just to publish my blog. Or it's enough for me just to have like proven to myself that I can write the novel. Like I don't need the external feedback, which means that, I might not have some amazing opportunities that I could have had. Yeah. It also means you're not being as generous as you can be. Mm. Mm. So that's also like everyone's going to come up with this from a tricky angle. Totally. Just being aware of where you're at. I think, yeah, I think the thing that I feel like we're getting from this most of all is that like if you have issues with comparison and jealousy, these are huge clues um, to really start doing some huge healing in a work and start really listening to the stories that you're telling yourself around the comparison, around the jealousy. And like, obviously of course I would say this, but I would encourage you to journal about it. Start writing down what it is that you are, are saying about yourself. Start writing down how comparison is affecting you. Start writing down if it's if it's completely holding you back, if it's shining a light on your stagnancy, if it's shining a light on stories that you were told as you were growing up. I've spoken about this before, but we do live in a culture of comparison. Like we're always stacked against one another. So it's not about self-blame. Like we, un- this is something that's been put on us by our culture in schools we're stacked against each other what often happens in our familial life as well um we are compared to one another we live in a competitive world so be gentle on yourself as you unpack this it's not your fault but it is your responsibility to start looking at what's happening for you if you're someone who compares yourself to other people because you're getting in your own way i still want to talk about one of the most damaging pervasive stories from comparison which is that person's already doing what i do and they're doing it better and I think that's... And so I'm not going to do it. Fuck that. It makes me so angry. Because the bottom line is there's room for you. Yeah. It's 100% there's room for you. Um, they're not doing exactly what you're doing. They might have some... Might resemble it in some ways, but you're going to bring your own spin to it and your own unique you to it. And yeah, it's just like... It's the biggest cop-out. Mm, it's a cop-out. It's a huge, hugely cowardly thing to say and do. And it's okay to feel that way. But if you act on that, and if you say, oh, no, they've done what I want to do, so I'm not going to do it, you are playing yourself, and you made a cowardly move. So, do you know what the best time to write a vampire novel was? Exactly the same time Stephanie Mayer was doing it. Yeah. Because then when Stephanie Mayer's book came out and had and sold millions of copies, you were ready for that wave of vampire. Yeah. So the worst thing to have done, someone, someone could have done it then, was go, see Stephanie Mayer's book come out, have their manuscript in their hand, ready to send it out, and be like, ah, it's no point anymore. Yeah. Because... Then all the publishers would have been so hungry for that book. And there was a like, massive a huge, vampire trade. And how many vampire books came out after that? Yeah. And the worst thing you could have done was stop writing vampire books. Probably the, like, it's probably, you know, there's obviously there's a fine line there because, like, if you try and start writing a vampire book on year five of the vampire wave, maybe it's going to, people are going to be bored of it. But it's like, if in that exact moment when you see Stephanie May's book come out, that's the worst time to give up. Yeah. Yeah. 
I think that comes back down to the uniqueness and that's why I find that I have a good relationship with comparison now because I understand how unique I am and when I work with all these different creators a lot of them are writing same genre a lot of them are doing really similar stuff but they're fucking so different mm. we're so unique and I say it all the time but if you choose to not share your art if you choose not to make then there's a hole left in the world that literally nobody can replace like nobody can do what you can do and I come home to that thought all the time like yeah, there are other people who write about creativity out there. I mean, there's fucking Liz Gilbert who writes about, you know, big magic and creativity. She's a fucking bomb, but she doesn't do what I do. And I may not be as good as her because her, she's written for a long time, but she still doesn't do what I do. She still can't offer what I can offer, just as I can't offer people what Liz can offer. In fact, like yesterday when I was watching Liz Gilbert's video, she just did a really sweet IGTV yesterday and I just fell in love with her. I was like, oh, this woman is so fucking sweet. I, I just like had a whole moment. I was like, oh my God, no wonder she is so adored. She is just precious. She is so vulnerable. She is so generous and she's just so lovable. And for a minute there, I was like, there's no room for me. And it was a, like a split second. And then I just came home to the fact that of course there's fucking room for me. There's room for literally every single one of us. People want to be delighted constantly. Like- yes. They want they they want more than just two minutes of Liz, of Liz Gilbert yeah. in a day. They want like two minutes of Liz Gilbert and then two minutes of you. Yeah, there's doing so something delightful. much room for us, and we always have these excuses. Like we've spoken about this one before, but like I've heard so many people wank on about how they're not going to start a podcast because everybody has a podcast these days. What a load of crap! Yeah, it's a so bullshit. Mm-hmm. Such a bullshit story. Yeah. And as we were saying, uh, it must have been in a past podcast, like less than a million people have their own podcast. We're in a planet of 7.6 billion people. Yeah. Like do a podcast and and recognize that it is incomparable because you are so unique. I think the interesting thing is the stat is actually, I think it's 700,000 people update their podcast regularly. Oh, right. So it's like there might be many more. So it might look like there's even, but even then it might probably, it wouldn't max out at like more than a few million. Mm. But like the point is that, don't start the podcast and give up after the first week. Yeah, yeah. It's like, be one of those people who are regularly updating it. Then you're only 700,000 out of 7.6 billion. Yeah, yeah. Don't be one of the statistics of the people who fell off and who, do, who don't update their podcast regularly. Consistency, baby. Yeah. It is, I, every day I'm surprised by the magic of consistency and how much it gives you. It's like really the key to abundance and success. Just keep showing up. Keep doing what you're doing. Even when sometimes you feel ridiculous, sometimes you create bad art, sometimes it doesn't work. You just keep doing it. Yeah. Something goes right eventually. Hmm. And that's how you break those comparison stories as well. It's like you're convincing yourself every day that you are the sort of person who shows up and does the work. So mm. it's like, so when you look at that other person, you go, well, I'm already, I'm also the sort of person who can do that. Yeah. Because I've shown myself, I've proven it to myself day after day Yeah. that I'm on the path. You are on the path. I think that that for me has just been the biggest thing. Just keep, I'm, st- I'm on the path. I'm on the journey. So wherever they're on their journey, it doesn't matter because I'm on my path. Should we do a little update on our NaNoWriMo prop? Yeah, let's update people on NaNoWriMo. So as if you don't know, National Novel Writing Month has been the month of November. And the idea between the idea of National Novel Writing Month is to write 50,000 words in one month. We had a whole podcast on the subject. Neither of us are trying to aim that high because it's fucked. But we are doing it and we are writing a lot more than usual. Yeah, so I'm doing my two writing sessions a day at 500 words each. And uh, except on Saturday and Sunday where I only do one session Uh of 500 words. And yeah, it's going well, hitting it. You've been doing really well. Yeah. I've had to reschedule a little bit to make it work for me. Um, I've written about 
We have to get. We figure out. We have to get up half an hour. We have to get up a bit earlier for me to get my words in because I was struggling there a little bit. Um, But I've written about eleven thousand words now. Amazing. How many have you written? I think seventeen thousand. Nice. Which is great because I'll hit close to close to thirty by the end of the month, which is a really really massive writing month. Like if you have if you could have three thirty thousand word writing months in a row, you'd finish a book. So cool. Or possibly more if you're writing if not writing epic fantasy. Yeah. And I think, you know, when I say, oh, I've written 11,000 words this month, I'm like, fuck me, that's so much. But I've been writing like 600, 700 words a day. It's only been a little bit more than usual. Yep. Yeah. That consistency. It's all just about like, you know, we forget that we really need to honor our art sometimes. Like, I know that we often, we, that we're usually pretty good at doing art first, but sometimes even we forget like that we let life get in the way. Yeah. You know, I feel like we've been letting business get in the way of art a bit lately. Yeah, me 100%. And it's like, no, actually where I'm most abundant and most me is when I let the art come first. Everything else will take care of itself after yeah. that. Yeah. So literally the last few days we've just gotten up half an hour earlier and I've gotten, I've had 1,200 word days since I've done that. Yeah. So it's been so much more abundant and it's just me and me putting art first in the day. Literally it's first in my heart and it's first in the day. I really recommend that. Like if you are doing art in the evening, like for me, I, I was having to do art like throughout the day because I wasn't getting it done in the morning and I wasn't showing up. Yeah. That's why I've, I've have to, had to sanctify two writing sessions. So we have our early morning one and then at lunchtime I go down to the cafe yeah. and, and I sit at the cafe again for another half an hour I get one more coffee. Yeah. And it just helped. Honestly, just doing that, going and making that sanctified space for me. Mm guarantees that i get it done basically we should talk about space one time i've had a lot of people speak about how hard it is to work from home and create from home yeah I'm it is tricky way prefer to write at the cafe like, we're lucky because we're in australia at the moment so we're not in lockdown yeah so we can we're allowed to go out and do as we please but during lockdown it was really hard for us to write mm, yeah it was hard and so just be gentle on yourself if you're going through that yeah like, definitely we definitely scaled it back a lot yeah we scaled it back a lot and that's okay yeah it's totally okay it was just it just the fact is it was way harder yeah it was yeah so if you're doing it NaNoWriMo and you're on lockdown be gentle NaNoWriMo is often an excuse for a lot of people a lot of writers to just hate on themselves please don't use it as an excuse to be a dick please go gently you do not deserve cruel words no you don't absolutely not it's not going to help you write it's not going to help you write it's not going to help you do shit Mm. Alright guys, thank you so much for being here with us. If you want to leave us a review, um, that would be magical. Remember, if you do leave a review, um, you can tell us the title of the review and that it was from you, and then we'll send you a discount code for Amy's site so you can get 20% off everything. Magic! Thanks Thanks, guys. guys. See ya.